I'm Tom. And I'm Chris. And this is Room for Innocence. Today we're going to talk about R. Kelly, who was an R&B and hip-hop star. Yeah, like if you don't know who R. Kelly is, like even I know who R. Kelly is, and I am not hip. The remix for Ignition. I love that song. When that song came out, I was like, yeah, the remix for Ignition. This is great. And and I didn't know. And then they're like, R. Kelly. And then the records stopped. I was like, what? Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. Robert. <laughs> Do that over. <clears throat> Robert Sylvester Kelly was born January 8th, 1967 in Chicago. He was raised by a single mother, Joanne, along with his three siblings. My notes literally say A, B, and C. A, B, and C. That's who they are. Listen. I think they're Teresa, Brian, and Carrie. Was he the youngest? I want to say he was the youngest. Yeah. When Kelly was five years old, his mother married Kelly's stepfather, Lucius. And they had two children together. I should say right now, I got the facts from this story from multiple sources. And they all slightly differed. Interesting. So don't anybody get too bent out of shape about how many children they had or whether his name was really Lucius. You know, it's not about the facts. Not about the facts, people. This is entertainment. We're not here to talk facts. We're here to talk opinions. Exactly. You know, uh, I heard that I don't have anywhere to cite this, but I've heard that Fox News got in trouble one time. And I think maybe it was, I don't know how serious the trouble was, but the way they were able to get out of it and to explain why they were able to say the things they were saying, which weren't true, is because they're not a news source. They're an entertainment source. I know we're called Fox News, <laughs> but, but it's, it's not, not actually news. the news. There was a show on HBO when we were little. Um, not necessarily the news. Yes. So that's exactly what we are. Okay. Kelly grew up in the public housing projects on the south side of Chicago, which is a rough side of town. Yeah, that's like really rough. From what Yeah, so you know yeah. right away, you know, he was not born with a silver spoon. No, no, tough, tough. He's nobody, right? He, he has no, there's not like his uncle was, you know, owned a record label or something, right? He was a nobody. Robert Kelly was sexually abused by an older female relative from about the ages of eight till 14 years old. He has not disclosed who abused him, but Robert's younger brother, Carrie, has said that he was sexually abused by their mm-hmm. older sister, Teresa, for years. So there's some speculation that maybe that's who also abused Robert. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's it. That's interesting. And it's definitely something to take into consideration as far as it, it being, you know, a mitigator as far as explaining why somebody did something. It might help to explain something, but certainly doesn't give any sort of excuse. I think everybody agrees. Not an excuse. But you have to think about early child development and psychological development. And there's no doubt that being sexually abused as a child could lead to some deviant behavior. Absolutely. Especially if someone doesn't get the help they need to not have that take over their lives. In high school, Kelly's music teacher, Lena McLinn, recognized his talent and encouraged him to focus on music. He won first prize at the school talent show singing Ribbon in the Sky by Stevie Wonder. 
Apparently, he also wore sunglasses and was guided out onto the stage. Oh, wow. Like, like blind... he was Stevie Wonder, just saying. Hey, he's acting. Ah, sure. Sure. Acting. Mm-hmm. Now, Kelly was dyslexic and had a lot of trouble reading and writing. I don't think he and... really ever got over that, right? right. I, don't, I still don't think he's doing well with that. Yeah. Yep. So at some point in high school, he dropped out and decided to focus on music and he started out performing on the subway. Sing, just, was he just singing as a young man or did he, was he a music, like, I wonder if he did instruments and whatnot. Singing is the thing that I've mostly heard. That's really all I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah but for all, I know he could do other stuff, you know? Um, okay. Now we're talking about a high school age kid, high school dropout, decided to focus on his music. So now it's about 1981. And I'm really not sure what he did from 1981 to 1989. In other words, not an instant superstar, right? Eight years went by before I have anything else to say about his music career. I think he was about 25 yeah. when, when he finally got popular or whatever, mm-hmm. broke, broke through. Yep. In 1989, R. Kelly joined an R&B group, MGM, which stood for Musically Gifted Men. Yeah. They recorded and released one single, Why You Want to Play With Me. No. (laughs) Scratch that. What was that? One single, Why You Want to Play Me, with an independent label before breaking up. Hmm. In 1991, he joined a group called Public Announcement and signed with Jive Records. Right, Jive. (laughs) They released their debut album, Born Into the 90s, in 1992. And then Kelly left public announcement in 1993. Later in 1993, when Kelly was 26 years old, he released his first solo album, 12 Play, which included such hits as Bump and Grind and... I like the crutch on you. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah, that sounds like a good one. Bump and grind. Is that one of his big ones? It is. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard it, but I I think he did that and then the remix and then I believe I can fly. I think those were like his three like big big ones. I did give a listen to I like the crutch on you because I was real curious. And it's exactly what you would think. <laughs> I wondered if there was any kind of double entendre. No, no. that's it. But like, if, you know, if you were like listening to it in a different language, didn't understand the naughty words, is it was it still was a good song? Did it sound cool? I'm not was... into that kind of sound. That's not my thing. 12 Play was a very successful album and went six times platinum. I don't totally know what that means, but that's good. It means a lot of people bought it, but yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means. R. Kelly gave himself the moniker, the Pied Piper of R&B. Do you know the story of the Pied Piper? Uh, the Pied, uh, something about the kids and the Pied Piper's like, I, maybe the kids are being bad. And then they, the Pied Piper's like, I can, I can calm the kids down if you pay me. And so he calms kids down with his little Piper pipe. And then the kids calm down and then they don't pay him. So then he's like, ah, fuck you. And he takes the kids and sticks them in the side of a mountain with his, with his pipe. 
Yeah. He's got his magic music and he's luring children away from their homes. The fact that he used his <laughs> magic pipe. I have such a dirty mind. Now I'm thinking about R. Kelly's magic pipe, but. You're terrible. Yeah. No, he did. He took his magic, the magic, <laughs> stick, the magic stick. So, yeah, it's creepy that R. Kelly uses that term considering his predilection for underage girls. In 1992, Barry Hankerson introduced his niece, Aaliyah, a promising young singer from Detroit, Michigan, to R. Kelly when she was 12 years old. A witness will later testify that Kelly had sexual contact with Aaliyah starting when she was 13 or 14. Wow. So gross, right? <laughs> it really is. I mean, what... What are you going to talk about? Like, and it's just so fucking creepy because you're like such a player. And like, I mean, you have women throwing themselves at you and not even just women, but like you'll have underage girls throwing themselves at you too. So why do you have to fuck with girls like this who are trying to get their career going and all mm -hmm. that and do this super creepy domination thing? There's so many levels of wrong that go on with all of this sort of thing. Yeah. And he did a lot of what he did to people who were trying to make it, which is just that power play. You yeah, know? It's, mean, it's just mean. Yeah, it's it just, is. It's, it's mean. It's, it's mean. He wrote and produced Aaliyah's first album, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, <laughs> in 1994. What does that mean? Like, what's it supposed to mean? It's supposed to mean like, I might be 15, but I'm clearly hot enough to be 25. And that's wrong. That's fucked up. Uh-huh. And she sings about having sex on that tape. Like, I can't remember the, but it's something about going all the way on that record. She's oh singing about God. that. Who's letting their 15-year-old daughter sing shit like that? You mm -hmm. know, I mean... I'm sorry. You couldn't, pay, I'd like to, I'd like to say you couldn't pay me enough, you know? I mean, like, but that's the thing. That's the thing. It's a lot of money. It's life changing oh, money. Fucking crazy with the amount of money. And that the money is a, is a theme that we'll come back to once we find out more about what's about why he wasn't caught earlier. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause I can understand the girl being like, fuck it. I'll do whatever you need me to do to, mm -hmm. to get on this record label. But what parent is going to go, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to find out if there's enough money that would make me make that decision. I, I can't imagine that there would be. On August 31st, 1994, R. Kelly, 27 years old, illegally married Aaliyah, 15 years old, in a secret ceremony in Cook County, Illinois. They used a fake ID for Aaliyah, which said she was 18. And since then, Kelly's former tour manager, Demetrius Smith, has admitted that he facilitated the wedding by obtaining the false ID. Her parents found out about the marriage and had it annulled. In 1995, R. Kelly was nominated for two Grammys for writing, producing, and composing the Michael Jackson hit, You Are Not Alone. Do you know that song? You I do are not. not alone. I am here with you. It's it's a beautiful song. And 
Michael Jackson could sing a fucking song. Yeah. For and sure. And then, you know, all that shit happens with him. And it's like, can I still sing this song? I don't know. All right. So that's 1995. Uh, yeah. So he put out that solo album in 1993. And by 1995, he's winning Grammys for writing music for Michael Jackson. I mean, this guy, holy crap. And by the way, you asked, could he just sing? No, he wrote, produced, and composed the music for that song. Wow. So, I mean, it just so, really is impressive. He's extremely talented. Yeah. Talented. Talented. Really talented young man. Also in 1995, R. Kelly released his second album titled R. Kelly. Yeah. I never understand why people do that when it's not their first album. I was going to say the first albums make sense. The second one, no bueno. It reached number one on the Billboard 200, as well as the R&B album charts. And the album hit four times platinum and included the hit Down Low. And again, I listened to some of this music. Hmm. That one had the lyrics, keep it on the down low, girl. Nobody has to know. Yeah. Don't tell your old man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell daddy. No. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> that daddy. That was crossed out. <laughs> Original <laughs> lyrics. In 1996, Kelly released the beautiful ballad, I Believe I Can Fly. Now, I am familiar with that. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize he wrote that until just recently, but that's oh. just one of those songs. It's just there. If, if somebody's like, have you heard the song? I believe you could fly. I would say, yes, I have. Um, it's just one of those sort of world of forms, like very simple songs to me that I find kind of boring. I don't know how it won and what it won, but you know, I don't claim to understand music. It's something I would hear in an elevator or if I was at Publix, I wouldn't be surprised to hear it playing. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's my two cents on i believe i can fly that song meant so much to me so 1997 i graduated from college and that song was huge still in 1997 and we were all singing i believe i can fly because we're wow, going yeah. out into the right big on. big world you know and man I can touch the sky. Touch the sky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, whew, oh. Gosh. Okay. That was 1996. And that's not crazy to think that his career is still active. The thing with Aaliyah is kind of weird, but you know. Yeah. Eh. The only thing that has happened is that he has allegedly married Aaliyah, but people don't actually know for sure still that they ever did marry. It was a rumor. And yeah, it was super gross that a 27-year-old would marry a 15-year-old. Yeah, I find it just wholly unacceptable. I mean, you know, it's just disgusting. I just, I feel like that's just an indicator that there's something wrong in your brain. Like you're, you're leaning yeah. into that sort of pedophilia sort of range, you know, and especially also because you're talking about a person who literally... You've just got, I don't even know how many women come on to you every single day. So you could have whatever kind of like thing you have. You're like, I like this type of woman. She's yeah. going to come up to you in the course of a couple of days or so just constantly. And those are going to be the ones you pick. And people will be like, well, he likes tall blondes. He likes short brunettes. And they're going to be like, R. Kelly likes little kids, you know, right. not little kids, right? 14, 15, 
just kind of popping into a woman but you're clearly a fucking kid still like yeah he's he's so gross it's beyond yeah like i mean and girls who have no experience you know girls who are just gonna anybody's already gonna fall all over him but these girls are like boy did i luck out i'm 14 and i already got r kelly almost beyond like just the 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 sexual harassment and you know and i think that enough's gone on with what he's been charged with so far and what we've uncovered to where it can be said you know that like what the fuck is everybody else doing while this is happening you know i mean they can see r kelly feeding on these girls you know just the whatever the whatever kind of people are involved with you i think he keeps it so within his group his inner circle Right. And those and, people, they're living the life. It comes back down to the money. Managers, assistants, yeah. runners, bodyguards. Those are the people who work with him to make the money. And, mm-hmm. and so where what are these people doing? They're just making the money. They're just making fucking money, you know? And, you know, and like, they're oh. living the life. Like they're touring with Can you imagine? Kelly. I mean, everything, everywhere you go, there's some sort of buffet that's out. <laughs> and, you know, and I girls like, I mean, throwing themselves at you because oh. they just want to be near the scene. Yeah. Can you imagine? So that was, I believe I Can Fly came out in 1996. Also in 1996, Tiffany Hawkins from Chicago sued R. Kelly for $10 million, alleging that starting in 1991, when she was 15 years old, 24-year-old Kelly had sexual relationships with her when she was an underage high school student. He encouraged her to recruit other friends from school and pressured her into engaging in group sex with other underage girls. Wow. In 1998, R. Kelly settled that lawsuit with Hawkins for $250,000. So... I have to imagine if she sued him civilly for sexual abuse, that the, uh, that the authorities looked into this and tried to investigate and make a case. And they must, I mean, I'm speculating, but how could they not? They must have not been able to make a case. I'm sure they tried. Because we know that you can't make a case just by Tiffany saying it happened. True. And with a criminal case, of course, your standard, uh, the the evidence has to be proof beyond a reasonable doubt, which if you want to look at that in a numerical fashion, you you might say like 75 to 80% sure that somebody's guilty. Yeah. You don't have to be positive, but you just got to, that's a high hurdle. But with a civil case, it's preponderance of the evidence. And that hurdle's right in the middle. That hurdle's 50. Yeah. It's like, if you can jump 51%, high you've jumped the hurdle so it's much easier to prove um a civil case than it is a criminal case and she was 20 when she brought the case so criminally it's going to be a lot harder to prove something happened five years ago absolutely and i've seen that happen in several cases because sometimes cases just stay around for whatever reason sometimes it stays around through artful dodgery of the defense but sometimes it's just because the system's backed up and whatever and I had a case once and this actually was a sex case. And I remember 
I was in the public defender's office and I was not the first attorney to have the case. By the time I got it to trial, I, it, I guess it had been around a while because one of the people on the jury panel asked when, cause you have this long discussion with potential jurors as you're deciding who's going to not be biased and who can be on your panel. And one of the jurors asked, uh, why is this case so old? And, you know, we basically had to blow the question off, but it was right. very important to that man. And I could kind of feel the question kind of buzz through the whole jury panel. Um, so it's a thing that they will pick up on. So th they might also have thought, well, that's going to make our case weak and not gone forward with it. So things are starting to get real because we've now we have allegations of sexual abuse. In December of 2000, the Chicago Sun-Times reported that police had made two investigations that R. Kelly was having sex with an underage female, but had to drop the investigation due to lack of cooperation by the girl accusing him. The reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times was Jim Darogatis, and he will come up throughout this. He's an investigative reporter who did a lot about R. Kelly. I kept, when I was researching this, I had like thoughts of him or like a little movie clip in my mind of like, this is the, this is the reporter scene working all night, uncovering the facts. Mm -hmm. I'm, on, I'm on to something. R. Kelly's a pervert. Can you imagine though? Like he must've just been like, this is it. This, this is, is it. my moment. And it probably was. Okay. In 2001, and these dates are approximate. One of R. Kelly's girls is left alone with his duffel bag. And she said he had about 40 videotapes that he took with him everywhere he went. He would watch these videos and the videos are him and we need having to stop sex yes. <laughs> with whoever. This okay, so I don't know how old our viewers are, but watching a video, this isn't just you know stopping on the street corner with your phone and looking at a video, right? He's got to be in a room somewhere with a TV and, oh, yeah. a, and a VCR. He hauled a duffel bag of 40 VHS tapes around with him. Yeah, that's a so production. This, this girl or woman swiped one of the tapes and somehow. That tape anonymously ends up on the desk of Chicago Sun-Times reporter, Jim Derogatis. Jim Derogatis. Hmm. Okay. Well, so interesting. This, this, this someone had seen that he had previously reported about R. Kelly and they're like, hey, take a look at this. That video included. That's the one with him peeing on the 14-year-old girl. Yes. Right? Yeah. R. Kelly having sexual relations Raping. with a girl who was allegedly 14 years old. And yes, in the video, he's urinating on her. Yeah, that's. Um, that is some pretty advanced uh, sexual play there. That's just fucking disgusting. Yeah, I now mean, we're into like erotica. Yeah, and, that's just too and, much for and, a little kid. 
almost it's not SNM exactly, but that's real. Um, yeah, subservient type. Oh yeah, that's what you stuff. do like with like a prostitute, you know, or like uh, you know. Someone I mean, that you have no respect for. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Somebody that somebody that you just don't give a shit about. Yeah. You know, as far as like you know your relationship with them, this person means like not a whole lot. That's just, and then oh my god, okay, so wow, just, and that's just what you saw. That's what else was on those videos. Only God knows the stuff that he's like. Well, this is too crazy to video. I'm not gonna film this one. <laughs> this uh, one could get me in trouble. So that that's when I was in law school. I was in law school when that happened. And I remember just thinking, you know, you know, this is what, 20 years ago. So I don't remember it, my entire train of thought, but I remember thinking, wow, R. Kelly peeing on a girl. And I remember thinking I've heard other, I just remember kind of putting him in with the whole sex tape scandal. Well, that's a bummer. Um, right. It came that, out more that it was just a sex tape more so than. Yeah. And I also remember thinking, well, that's a wrap. You know, and then you know. So oh. what? <laughs> oh. He hasn't. He hasn't remixed ignition yet. Oh, and then that came out. Okay. And I was. I couldn't believe so, it because I love that song. And then I found out it was R. Kelly, and I was like, the Ugh. story. The story about that videotape. That video began circulating February third, two thousand two. On February eighth, uh, the Chicago Sun Times broke the story about that video and that day kelly performed at the opening ceremony of the 2002 winter olympics he was a big deal in june 2002 r kelly is arrested in chicago on 21 counts of child pornography and i believe all 21 counts are related to this video interesting and this one victim kelly pleaded not guilty and was released on seven hundred fifty thousand dollars bail june wow. 2002 a few months later r kelly released the remix to ignition yeah which i think was his biggest hit what do i know that's the song i know well i believe i can fly i don't know they were both huge um all right. Kelly, R. Kelly waived the right to a speedy trial. <laughs> yes. It took a long, long ass time to get this to trial, right? Six years. Yeah. That's a long time. Really long time. And when we talked about Curtis Reeves, I think yeah. that was like episode two or something. Yep. He delayed his case for seven or eight years. And so. He his defense was the you know I'm an old man yes and, and he was that yeah. much older mm -hmm. and it really worked in his favor yep and in this case it worked in his favor because the young girls in question they didn't are want the so 14 year old older yeah they didn't want the 14 year old girl to look 14 exactly so you got oh the 21 year old God. talking about being young right but it's just not the same no. and through that whole six years he's out on bail the whole time. Now, that being said, it, no, not that being said, ignore that. Also in 2002, Florida police raided R. Kelly's home and found photographs of Kelly engaged in sex with an underage girl. 
at this point, people are thinking like he's going down Yell Timber. No. Yell Timber. Um, but those charges were dropped because there were not sufficient grounds for the search. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's some good lawyering. Uh-huh. And nothing wrong with that. You can't just bust into someone's house and gather all their no. photos and look mm. for something you don't like. Nope. Uh, I have here, while investigating photographs reported by the Chicago Sun-Times, Polk County Sheriff's, of- Sheriff's Office conducted a search of Kelly's residence in Davenport, Florida. During the search, officers recovered 12 images of an alleged underage girl on a digital camera wrapped in a towel inside a duffel bag, which allegedly depicted Kelly involved in sexual conduct with a female minor. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, the girl in the images obtained from the Florida home also appear in the videotape, which got Kelly indicted in Chicago. Hmm. So it's allegedly this same girl, and that would have definitely supported the case against him in Chicago, but that evidence was inappropriately seized. And you talked about, um, in our, I think in our last episode, you talked about police having permission to search a car and then they take the flashlight and they open the flashlight and inside right. the flashlight yeah. they find weed and knowing those limits of how far you can search. So a camera inside a towel, inside a duffel bag, inside his home. I don't know the details of why the search was. Um, yeah. It depends what they were given permission to look for, you know, I mean, yep. if it would have been something like that and that would be okay. But apparently that search was bogus. You said that was, Polk County? Polk County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, um, I could see them doing what they want to do in Polk County. Lack of probable cause for the search warrant. Yeah. That's what it was. So they shouldn't have had the warrant at all. Oh, no. So all of that was 2002. Six years go by. Now it's 2008 and the Chicago trial begins. The girl in the video, um, apparently her name was Rashonda. Neither Rashonda nor her parents would testify for reasons Hmm. unknown. But we do know from others that Kelly and his people would pay people off and they would also threaten violence if anyone would ever testify against him. So it's not surprising that they didn't testify. Why wouldn't this girl testify? You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's reasons for everything, but if she wanted nothing, she didn't release that video. Someone else did. Right. So she may have just never wanted anything to do with him getting in trouble. Sure. Maybe it's embarrassing. Uh, There could be a a bunch of reasons. Yeah, sure. Okay. Maybe they paid him off. Maybe they threatened him with violence. Maybe they just went up and said whatever. And they were like, look, we're not going to testify anyway. Who knows? Maybe they had no complaint against him. It's not always that easy, though. Like, I know, like, even, like, down here in Orange County, Florida, and in Duval County with Jacksonville, uh, if if a witness is not doing what they're supposed to do, that makes the state attorney's office gets very upset. They will mm-hmm. f- threaten them with jail. I'm sure they would put them in jail. Um, and you'd have to be willing to be held in contempt of court and go to jail. They're not going to let something like that happen. 
Yeah. Like if that happened in the in the districts that I work in, they would put the witness in jail. They would get her and they would force her to testify. Can you imagine the publicity though if they put yeah. a sexual assault victim in jail for refusing to testify? That's I, I, bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I'd be curious to see how how it would work out. But that's uh, you know, the journalist. We're talking the highest levels of money available, though. Yeah. Also, to to grease every wash everything on yep. every side of everything. The you journalist this- Jim DeRogatis, he was subpoenaed as a witness, and he took the fifth. Interesting, because he refused to give up his source. Okay, well, yeah, good for him. But that's got to be hard, knowing that R. Kelly's going to walk free. Yeah, you know, if he that's, gives up that's his- got to that's got to be hard. But it comes right back to that just like the probable cause for the search warrant, like you have to have a certain amount of integrity around how things are done. Yeah. I mean, if you start giving up your sources, you know, I would That's imagine it. you're done. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell you anything anymore. Yep. And you know, he had people telling him stuff. So, all right. Another thing is that apparently they, uh, the prosecution was trying to call girls and their parents who would claim regular abuse with underage girls that could that could be a witness to R. Kelly regularly abusing underage girls. And those claims were excluded from the trial. Hmm. And then they also excluded the fact that he had married Aaliyah in 1994 when she was only 15 years old. Oh, I would try to exclude that. What does that have to do with any of it? A, a history of I mean, yeah, sexual I mean, engagement with a minor. It seems relevant to me. Yeah, it's definitely relevant. Uh, admissible? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, they didn't think so either. It was excluded. So no, no star witness, no background of his history and with then, minors. But, and then you have the video, though. And But I guess they just couldn't prove how old. The, wasn't it? Isn't that what it was? They couldn't prove how old the girl was in the video. Yep. The jury said, we just can't prove that she's underage, whoever, whoever the girl is in that video. So he was acquitted. I had a case with child pornography. I've had a bunch of them. Lucky me. Um, and you have to watch these videos. Oh, too, no. Okay. Uh, yes. You have to watch the video to see if they, if, if, if what it is. Oh God. How do you, you know? Oh God. <laughs> so anyway, so I, this one, the title of it was 13 year old girl having fun. And it was maybe like a minute long. It was not long. Um, maybe it was two minutes. I don't know. It was 15, 13, 14 years ago, but it was not, not long. Um, but anyway, real quick, I'll just say like the girl in the video, she could have been 15, 18. Exactly. You know, 25. I don't think so, but, but 18, absolutely. 19. Sure. 15, maybe. Sure. Um, you just couldn't tell. You know, and like I watched the video a couple times. I mean, and this, and so I had to go over to the state attorney's office to watch the video because they can't release it to me. Because if I'm walking around with this video, I literally am now in possession of porn. It's it would be like me walking around with a bag of cocaine in my be like, this is for the trial it's evidence, but you, know? you can't have possession and, of it. Yeah. And, you know, so, uh, and I watched the video a couple of times. So I had to go over to the state attorney's office with her. She's got to be in there with me watching the video. And you could tell she was not happy about watching it. Um, 
but I watched it a couple times, um, and I with really with an eye toward that because I'm looking at the girl's like her ankles and her wrists, and you know just different things that you can use to figure oh, out how old she yeah. is. And so we ended up getting yeah. the, the case ended up getting dropped though. So then we did I did depositions of the police officer, and so what the police officer did. I think my client did all sorts of things. He probably, he must've had other stuff on his computer as well. Cause they were looking for him and they take his computer. They take it to a machine that basically sucks the brain out of his computer into their little, I guess, like an external drive that they plug into another thing that is connected to a nationwide database of verified pornography. Yeah. And which means that somebody else has looked at it, vetted it. They either met with the victim or something like that. So they were able to match this video, 13 year old girl having fun. They were able to match it in the master database with this other thing. And so I, and I hadn't thought about this case until just now, but I did, I deposed as many people as they would give me the witnesses for it. I'm like, you can't bring that in. Like you can't prove that this girl is under 18. You, you just can't do it. Like we'll go to trial. Nobody's going to believe beyond a reasonable doubt that this girl is under 18. They're, they're not. Um, oh, but it's been verified through the database. And I'm like, says who says what says the detective says that his computer says that like, we need to have, um, you know, other all people kind come of forensic in, experts all the way and... down to the end to the, either the very final person to talk to this mm-hmm. girl, if not the girl herself. And they were, they were like, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, uh. and so they ended up having Thomas, the exact same thing. Yeah. So they had to drop the case. Yeah. You know, uh, it's the exact same thing as here, you know, at, people know who it is. They know her name. They know, because I was telling my friends about this this weekend and they were saying, but everybody knows that it's Rashonda and that she's 14. So how, how can you say that you can't prove it? Because in court, you have to establish all of that as fact. Absolutely. And so how did this girl not get in there? That's a mystery to me. Did the state give up? Did she disappear? Did somebody get paid off? That's a big question. You know, how do, how do you not have a witness in a case like this? Right. Right. That's bizarre to me. Interesting. So he was acquitted and it's not unreasonable given what the jury had access to and knew and there were groupies, weren't there? Weren't there other groupies? Oh, God, yes. Didn't so, he meet? And he met another one. Yeah, so that's a good segue. Yeah. Let me first say, after the trial, he did an interview with BET. And the interviewer asked Kelly, do you like teenage girls? Oh, yes, I saw this. Oh, my God. Oh. He is 41 years old. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> do I? Do I, what? No, yeah, he yes. says, the interviewer says, do you like teenage girls? And Kelly answered, when you say teenage, how old are we talking? Wow. He's 41. Oh, well, the only, oh man. And the interviewer calmly responds, girls who are teenagers. And yeah. Kelly starts rambling about how he's friends with 19 year old, 19 year old girls. And he never just said, no, I don't No, I mean, I, I yeah, no. he did. He didn't even know he was not very sharp. He didn't know how to, how to lie. He was just, what, what kind of age are we talking about? What, what you got to of- straight the fuck up lie with that, with that sort of shit. Yeah. Like I, when you're watching these shows and they're like in the interviewer at the end of this, whatever they're like, did you kill John? And you, no, and I, would always, I would always say yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or no. But when they start doing things like, 
why would I kill John? And it's like, no, motherfucker, did you kill uh-huh. him? What yes reason or would no. I have to do that? Yeah. Why, yeah. What reason would I, did I, did, or, or they'll repeat the question, did I kill John? Um, well, and, I mean, and like this, do you like, t- because you'd think they would have trained him for this. They would have been like, look, anything that sounds like, do you like teenage girls? No. Deny, 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 denial. Do, no. Do you like teenage girls? No. Well, I have a lot of friends who are girls yeah. who are like 19. Oh my God. Okay. Okay, so now you were alluding to this. Outside the courtroom during his trial. Yeah. There were super fans. Oh yeah. Young and old, right? Like young and old who just believed in R. Kelly to the end of the earth and back. They probably thought he was being railroaded. (laughs) Why? Um, Like, why do you think that? What is wrong with these people? I, they had loved him so much for so long, just unable to consider he wasn't who they thought. So one of these super fans who skipped high school every day to show up at the courthouse and support R. Kelly was 16-year-old Geronda Johnson. She, she eventually meets him And I have to say, it sounds like the way she meets him is his staff, you know, going through the crowd and looking for the cute youngish girls. I think, I think that that's what he he had him doing. Yeah. He knew they knew what he liked. So she gets the chance to meet him. He approves of her, Hmm. but he does insist that she is legal age before you know, moving forward. And that is 17 in Chicago and she's 16. So as soon as she turns 17, she moves into his house to be one of his girls. It's like the Playboy Mansion. These girls are so excited to be chosen to go in there, but they don't realize the hell that's behind those doors. So now from Geronda, we start to hear the actual story about the levels of sexual, physical, and psychological abuse that R. Kelly was subjecting young girls to. We find out that within his house, within this house, we find out that within this house, he made her call him daddy. Yeah. They all had to call him daddy. Oh my God. Yeah. And she had to acknowledge him whenever he entered a room. When she forgot, he slapped her and choked her until she passed out. Who would do this kind of shit? Like, what's up with this? She says that she was required to stay in her assigned room on the bed and always be just awaiting orders from R. Kelly. She needed permission to do anything, including eat, brush teeth, or use the bathroom. It's crazy. That doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you be allowed to use the bathroom? I guess because they're worried you're going to try to do something or call someone or whatever. I mean, yeah. Is there a bathroom down the hall? I remember Ugh. wondering that. Like, do you have your own bathroom? Right. Or the girls have... were forbidden to speak to any of the other girls in the house. And they were forbidden to look at other men. They were required to wear baggy clothes and to look down at their feet or turn around and face the wall in the presence of other men. That is weird. I mean, he didn't want, want them thinking about any man but him. 
it's just pathetic and, and just so bizarre. There's something wrong with this. Guy. It is very much like a cult. You know, when, when, um, De Rogatis, well, okay, that hasn't happened yet. Um, girls stayed in this house for years, each in their own room. And I really should say women because it was, there, there are not allegations as far as I know of underage girls living in the house. Um, so, you know, young women stayed in this house for years, each one in their own room. Kelly had staff that monitored the girls when he was out to see if they broke the rules. And the girls would rat on each other as well if someone broke the rules. Oh, wow. Sure. Be the favorite old lady. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. That was in 2008 that he met Geronda Johnson. And she went to the house and lived in that environment. I think she lived there for several years. Okay, so that's 2008. Now we're jumping to July of 2017. So nine years later, he's just been living his best life. Acquitted. He never on- even stopped. Even when he was facing charges yeah. before, he just was doing it. Yeah. Acquitted on the child porn charges. Now, I don't know anything about him. I guess he's continuing to release music and, and albums and stuff. Okay. In July of 2017, as R. Kelly was touring the country. So he's okay. still out on tour with fans coming to cheer him ah, on. Right. This is the no or the, some kind of movement. I forget the name of it now. Oh, it, Me that's too. coming. Yep. Jim DeRogatis published a report in BuzzFeed. And this just broke shit wide open. In this report, he claimed that R. Kelly was keeping women against their will in a sex cult. The article included an account from parents of a 19-year-old girl who had left home to live with Kelly because he said he was going to support her music career. She claimed to be in love with him. What a just, God, what an evil, terrible person. Oh, my God. Her parents? Yeah, Yeah. Oh. She probably thought she was in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that he was going to, that he saw something special in her. Can you imagine was, how many times he used the same oh old God. bullshit story? Because so he's not that bright, but I'm sure he's got like this amazing sort of like first act, you know, yep. it's just down pat from practice, if nothing else. And, and the money, the money and the way to, to back it up. I mean, he's got the whole first like fall in love with me package just really going for him especially with his entourage that helps <laughs> picking them out and bringing them to him oh god could you imagine curating the uh the pool of potential candidates that's what i'm gonna do when i get one rich. one of the victims of from the house who went through this ordeal at the house said r kelly I, I, i'm paraphrasing because i didn't write down the quote but r kelly was an angel robert was a devil yeah uh so when he lured you in sure yeah i mean he you bought everything he made you feel like the most special person in the world and by the time you got to his house you were a piece of shit that he was urinating on so it's just wow what it's just 
So this 19 year old girl leaves home to live with Kelly and uh, her parents saw her once the next year. And that same year they received only two text messages from her and they were on major holidays. Some former staff or victims from the house say that girls were not allowed to keep their personal phones when they moved in with Kelly. So he took their personal phones away so they couldn't communicate with the outside world. They were not allowed any access to social media. They got new phones that they could use only to contact him or to contact others that he approved. God. And so- Which is not their family. Families were trying to get their girls out of these, out of this house and they would go to police and say, she's in there and I can't reach her and it's not okay. And the police would do a wellness check, but the women always came to the door and told the police face to face that they were fine and tell their parents to get the F out of their business. And these women were of legal age and the police said, as long as a relationship is consensual, however odd, it's legal. How did he get them to do that? And the age of consent in Illinois is 17 and in Georgia is 16. I think he had another one of these houses in Georgia. Okay, this summer of 2017, activists Kenyette Barnes and Oranike Odeleye or Oranike Odeleye began the hashtag mute R. Kelly movement. And you heard about this? Yeah. They were trying to pressure corporations who were connected to R. Kelly to divest themselves, to financially divest themselves from him. They tried to get his record label, RCA, to drop him. And they tried to have him removed from streaming platforms, Apple and Spotify. Side note, I use Apple Music. And I can confirm that R. Kelly's music is still available there mm-hmm. because while researching this, I listened to some of the music. It's all there. I was thinking at the time, I sincerely hope any money earned is going to his victims. Um, and I imagine it is. I mean, I don't know, but he also had children and, you know, maybe part of his estate goes to them. But uh, either way, it's not going to him because he's in prison. Um, Spotify still has his catalog, but they, they do not intend, they don't add him to any of their curated playlists. So if you want to search for his music, you can do that, but they're not going to push it out to people and recommend it. RCA did not drop. Yeah. So you're not going to be playing R and B at your party. And then all of a sudden they slip in some R R Kelly. Can you imagine? Oh dear. Like you said, it's your daughter's like the 16th birthday party. Oh, God. oh AJ, nothing but a number. Uh. All right. So all of that was the summer of 2017. Skip ahead a year and a half. On January 3rd, 2019, the documentary Surviving L. 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 Oh, don't nothing listen. wrong. L. L. No. Yeah, we got stumped. We got to delete everything back about can't even put LL's name in the same. On January 3rd, on January 3rd, 2019, the documentary Surviving R. Kelly came out on Lifetime. 
Two weeks later, R. Kelly's record, R. Kelly's record <laughs> label, RCA, finally dropped him. They're like, all right, we're done. And his remaining tour stops were canceled. Oh, God. Kelly is at this, this point. Is it. This is it. This is when it's finally happening. 51 years old. This is it. This is it. So after this happens, Kelly gives his infamous interview with Gail King in oh. which he rants about being misunderstood and screams, I did not do this. Is this I the one where he's do this? This is the one where he almost had like a conniption fit. Yes, he but had yeah, a, he absolutely had a conniption fit. And he sounded like he, at first I was like, I'm thinking like, the, OK, I mean, he's what? crying and just wailing. I did not do this. This isn't me. This isn't me. I didn't do this. At one point, he says to Gail, I need help. Because my heart's and, so big. And Gail says, yes, what kind of help? And you're thinking this is the moment. This is it. He's going to admit to being a sexual predator, but he says, I need somebody to help me not have a big heart. That's right. Because so. my heart is so big. People betray me and I keep forgiving them. I, I, I remember hearing that and just thinking like, what the fuck? And, and then doesn't, it doesn't, she turn it right around on him. And she's like, are you having oh, so a, you're the victim now? Right, right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh God. What a just terrible, terrible, horrible, gross person. Oh, they keep forgiving them. How, who People betray me. And I keep forgiving them. The charges against R Kelly start to pile up. 11 new charges are added in Chicago, including rape by use of force or threat of force. These charges were related to four victims, three of whom were underage. And in July of 2019, federal indictments are handed down in Illinois and Brooklyn, including racketeering and sex trafficking, claiming that Kelly would recruit and traffic underage Black girls over state lines for illegal sex and also production of sexually explicit images. Good. Good, racketeering good, good. i had to google it and then i had to google it again and then i had to read like three articles to figure out what racketeering was i knew it was rico and i knew it was like the mob and stuff but here's the most easily digested definition that let's I've have it Racketeering can be defined as any ongoing coordinated illegal scheme or criminal enterprise to carry out a common purpose, such as bribery, kidnapping, forced labor, or violations of the Mann Act, which prohibits transporting people across state lines for prostitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any coordinated criminal enterprise is racketeering. And a racketeering charge carries a sentence of up to 20 years. And I know that R. Kelly's, I think their team was trying to say that he would have been an enterprise of one. And we mentioned this earlier. Well, no, because the enterprise is him. He's just the head guy. It's, it's all everybody below him, bodyguards, assistants, all of these other people who help him do this stuff. Yeah, I guess... Um... I mean, things get so, so tricky there where it's like, do we admit to what we did and say it was just us to get, to not get convicted of racketeering? Or do we say we're not guilty of all of it? And then 
then you can't really fight the racketeering charge specifically, you know? So, all right. In these charges, the judge denied bail. And then in Minnesota, prostitution charges were filed against Kelly. And it's so hard to try these cases because victims and witnesses get paid to not testify or they're threatened. Women have come forward and said they were threatened that if they testified, explicit photos or videos of them would be made public. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine, like, I mean, you're talking about boundless amounts of money. Yeah. And influence. And influence of violence and just every other thing. Couldn't even imagine like the schemes that they could go through to convince someone to not testify. Yep. So in jail, another prisoner beat R. Kelly up, beat him to a pulp, and his defense team tried to use this to get him released on bail and the judge denied it. Yeah, rightly so. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's... I don't know, like you get beat up or you... We let you out and you rape women. Yeah, they just put you in solitary confinement or something. Give you know, give you protective custody, but you can't let someone out because of that. In August of 2021, Kelly was found guilty in New York on eight counts of sex trafficking and one count of racketeering. Federal prosecutors asked the judge for a sentence in excess of 25 years, while our Kelly's defense lawyers hoped for a 10-year term. Citing mitigating circumstance due to the fact that R. Kelly endured a traumatic childhood, quote, involving severe prolonged childhood sexual abuse, poverty, and violence, end quote. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good mitigator. It's definitely something to use. And the judge made the same comment that you did, which is it's a reason it's not an excuse. Yeah. Um, it's tough to figure out what to do. You know, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something I think you should take into consideration. Like if you were going to, if it was going to be the difference between say life and death. Right. You know, right. Um, but as far as like to let somebody out, uh, I mean, to the fact of the matter is you're going to do this to other people. Like you'll never not do this. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've always wondered, and I think a lot of people do who are attorneys, what would you do if you were a judge? And, you know, I, I don't know when it comes time, when you have those special cases where, you know, the part of your decision isn't just academic, like you literally have to ask yourself what's going to happen to the citizens if I, if this person gets out. And if, if it, the answer is always going to be that they're going to be in danger, not just maybe in danger, but likely other people will either be, will be hurt. Then, you know, do you put this person in prison for the rest of their life? And, uh, you know, it's easy to just be like, yeah, sure. But, and I don't, I don't think questions like that are easy, but I wonder, I think perhaps, perhaps I could, you know, I just don't know. I think about it in terms of cases like this a lot, sex cases, um, and pedophiles who molest and prey on young children. They're so damaged. You, you'll never be able to not do that. Right. You know? like, exactly. You, know, you, know, you get an adult who maybe murders people. Maybe he's done a robbery here or there. Um, 
you know, I don't know. I think that's a different sort of thing. You know, sure they need to be in trouble and maybe they in life or not. I don't know, but like pedophiles who have, who've already acted out on that. That's just, oh God. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, I don't envy having to make that decision for any no. judge. You know? I think it, when judges have to make sentencing decisions, that's really, I'm just like, how do they do that? <sighs> yeah. After his conviction, R. Kelly fired his lawyers and hired Manhattan lawyer Jennifer Bonjean, who is best known for winning a ruling last summer that overturned Bill Cosby's 2018 sex assault conviction. Interesting. I, I guess I didn't even really follow that. Do you know what that was about? I did at the time, and I can't remember if it was that evidence shouldn't have been allowed or a statute of limitations thing. Well. I mean, that's, yeah, I feel bad for the victims and that's a horrible thing, but good. If there was something that wasn't done correctly, I'm glad right. That, right. that that happened. I used to have Bill Cosby tapes, Eddie Murphy tapes as well. But, you know, remember the uh, thing where you, you get like 12 tapes for a penny and then you wind up on some mailing list. Oh, you know, I was trying Columbia. to figure out 12 Columbia. Yeah, I couldn't I didn't even know 12 artists at the time. So I just was reaching out and I got some comedy tapes. And I got some Bill Cosby tapes and I listened to them back to back. You know, oh, I mean, Bill Cosby himself. It was, it's shit was the funny. funniest. It's the funniest thing of all time. Oh, super funny. Bonjean filed a motion arguing that well-documented infighting among Kelly's former lawyers had left them so unprepared for the 2021 trial that it violated his constitutional right to effective legal counsel. On June 29th, 2022, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Kelly's new attorney, Jennifer Bonjean, announced in July that they will appeal the 30-year sentence, stating that prosecutors misapplied racketeering status to Kelly's case. I am really curious to see how that works, because that's super interesting. It's going to be really interesting. I'm definitely going to follow. And of course, it can take years. Yeah, he's got nothing but time. Exactly. I think her comments about Rico are interesting. She says the judge should simply acquit Kelly because the government's evidence had been too weak to support the conviction, right? Obviously, that's what she's going to say. She said the feds misused the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, or RICO, a statute that's more frequently used against mobsters and drug cartels. She says the prosecutors used RICO to get around, quote, pesky statute of limitations obstacles hmm. i like that i mean i think she's definitely onto something i, I like have... that too if prosecutors are like well we've run out of time to get these sexual assault cases so we'll we'll get him under rico that's nonsense you can't do that and then she says and this is what you were saying before there's no enterprise it was one man with allegations by a number of women which doesn't make it an enterprise. That is why he is not guilty of racketeering. I got something right here. I've got the uh, superseding indictment that was filed on July 10th in Brooklyn and grand jury charges. The enterprise, one. Defendant Robert Sylvester Kelly, also known as R. Kelly, and individuals who served as managers, bodyguards, drivers, personal assistants, and runners for Kelly, as well as members of Kelly's entourage, comprised an enterprise 
within the meaning of 18 USC section 1961-4. That is, the enterprise constituted a group of individuals associated, in fact, that was engaged in and the activities of which affected interstate and foreign commerce. The enterprise constituted an ongoing organization whose members functioned as a continuing unit for a common purpose of achieving the objectives of the enterprise. So I just find it really loose. So the purpose of the enterprise were the purposes were to promote his music and to recruit women and girls to engage in illegal activity with Kelly by promoting our Kelly's music and the brand the members expected to receive financial opportunities and personal benefits, including power and status within the enterprise. The racketeering thing seems, I'm not 100% convinced. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Um, okay, R. Kelly has a trial set to begin in August in Chicago on charges of obtaining child pornography and obstruction of justice. So new trial in August. Appeals underway. Currently, he has a 30-year prison sentence. It'll be really interesting to see where it goes from here. Racketeering or no racketeering, the guy's where he belongs. Maybe she's onto something. Regardless of all of that, mm. he's guilty yeah. of sexual abuse. He belongs in prison, and that is where he is. Oh, my God. So... With that, no more I Believe I Can Fly. You're never going to hear that one again. No more remix. To Ignition. To Ignition. No more I Like the Crotch on You. Well, thanks for bringing up this case. I like this one. I, yeah. I have heard over the years about R. Kelly. I've seen that he keeps getting charged with stuff. I saw he was finally convicted and sentenced, and I was like, great, it's about time but I didn't ever really know the details and it was, it was fascinating. All right, All right. Tom. All right, cool. So uh, let's wrap it up and I'll, I'll start. I'm Tom. And I'm Chris and the defense rests. <laughs>